You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe on this Wednesday morning, alongside from the Washtenaw Citizen, Jake Mark. What up, Jake? What is up? How we doing? Good. The baby countdown continues, correct? Yes. Scary countdown it is. So, uh, Maximus Martin will arrive in probably uh, less than a week. Maximus a week Martin. Yeah. Did, have you posed that question to the wife yet? Is it still in the running? Maximus. Uh, it got shot down, although I don't think I ever even brought it up. I think I shot it down. <laughs> so, so, all those ideas I gave you uh, a couple of months ago. It was a waste of time. I hope it was good radio, at least. Probably not. So you still aren't willing to listen to ideas, or if a listener has a great idea for a baby name, you would not consider it? No, I think we're pretty much set. Mookie, it is? Mookie, that's Mookie it. Martin? Mookie Martin. So in 16, 17, 18 years, when I'm going and I'm trying to do a story on this Martin kid, and I'm you know hobbling out there, I'm in my wheelchair delivering a T-shirt, uh, Mickey, Mookie Martin, you know, it'll make a splash. You wouldn't be up for that. Mookie Martin. It would. It's not a bad sports name, honestly. Yes. All it's, right. It's, it's not a bad sport. I'll give you that one. But Maximus is a little bit too much. I'm looking forward to that day when you return after having a baby and you tell me, yeah, Maximus is doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wear you down at some point. That's it. That'll happen. That's yeah. going to happen. Misty Martin arrives. Misty. <laughs> Stop. Can we get on with the show? Yeah. What do you? Why do you never want to engage in this? It, it, within the the name game? Yeah. I, because Aaron, it's it. So, so when it does happen, you're going to come back, and and then I'm going to have to say, "Oh, that's a great name." You ha- yeah, whatever I say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can say Bigfoot Martin. You yes. say, "Oh, oh yes, that's, great. I like that." Congratulations. <laughs> yes, that's a great <laughs> name. Y'all spent at least three minutes thinking. That's about right. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Plenty to talk about. Over the next two hours, as we always do, we start with some headlines, and I guess we need to start with the Associated. Come on, bro. Have a little pep in your step. Yeah, yeah we're starting with the NBA. Cavs-Celtics, game two. And Aaron, did I did I get my bet right? Uh, you, I, I put it at, what, 41 points for LeBron James. The over-under, you said under. He scores 42 I set the over and under for Kevin Love at 19, and you said over. And then, of course, the winner of the game, and you said the Boston Celtics. I thought you only went two out of three. That would be three for three. No, I had, I had LeBron under. Oh, you had LeBron under. under. Okay. Yeah, because 41 points is a lot. Yeah, it certainly is. LeBron certainly <laughs> did uh, his part again. Yeah. 42 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds, and guess what? They get beat 107-94. Kevin Love with 22 points. He rips down 15 rebounds, 13 of them on the defensive side. It still wasn't enough. Maybe we need to bring back that clip from a Saturday Night Live, the other <laughs> yeah. Cavaliers. Yeah, we, we certainly do. Um, so I, I found this game uh, to be interesting because the Cavs got off to such a great start. They LeBron was on fire. Had 19 of uh, of their first 25 points of the game. Uh, couldn't seem to miss. Was hitting three-pointers. But if you noticed, Jalen Brown continuously took the ball to the rim. 
thus forcing LeBron to exert energy throughout the game. And I knew that was going I knew that was purposeful. I knew they were trying to work on LeBron to get him tired by the end of the game. And of course he did take that shoulder to the face from from Tatum where where he had to leave the game. Did you think he was being overly dramatic when he took that shoulder to the face, Aaron? Because I saw a lot of people on Twitter, oh, he's just wanting to leave the game, be dramatic, and then come back and save the team when it's when it's the right time. He does like the theater. <laughs> well, but I don't think he likes coming out of the game. No. I So I thought he was being overly dramatic at the free throw line when he was kind of taking his time. Then when he actually left the game and walked out, that's when I was like, okay, he must really be hurt. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt there because, like you said, he doesn't want to leave the game. So I thought he actually was hurt there. So I don't, I don't think, you know, all you uh, conspiracy people, I think you can put that one to bed. J.R. Smith made the highlights, correct? For <laughs> the wrong reasons, uh, he pushed. Who was it? I think it was Horford was going up for an easy slam, and he pushed him in the back, which is a big no-no, a flagrant foul. And uh, you have more flagrant fouls than you do points. That's probably not a good night when you are on the court for 27 minutes. No, it's not. And and the crowd definitely uh, showered him with with uh, some uh, some good chants. What was funny about that was while they were chanting what they were chanting, and if you didn't watch it, they were chanting you know blank UJR. Uh, the what was funny about that is the broadcast team trying to talk about it without talking about it. <laughs> It was it was really funny, uh, the fact that Breen was like, I, they're chanting some uh, obs- obscene um, chants here. And, you know, Jeff Van Gundy being the guy he is, why, why don't you just call it like it is? Why don't you just say what it is? But, uh, yeah, that was funny. Um, the uh, I, I want to get back to LeBron having to exert that energy early because I thought that really did come into play because at the end of the third quarter, you know, the Cavs had such a good first half. They shot over 50% for three-point land, and this is coming after a game where they shot, they hit like four of 26. You know, they shot so poorly. Uh, so, you, so you had those three-pointers, you had the lead, yet the Celtics were right there. And then the third quarter, Scary Terry goes off, Rozier goes off, and, and that closed the gap, and then they eventually take the lead. And by the end of the third quarter, LeBron just looked tired. And, and, the, and the Cavaliers just look slow. That's the thing. We can talk about strategy all we want, but at the end of the day, the Celtics are quicker and I thought tougher because at the end of the third quarter, they were the ones hustling. They were the ones getting those rebounds. And that, that extended into the fourth quarter. So, you know, you can sit here and break it down all you want, but I just thought the Celtics were quicker and, and tougher. And, and, again, I, I love watching Tatum and Brown play. I mean, these are two young superstars I don't want to call them superstars yet. These are two really young, good players that are going to be superstars down the road, and I can't wait to see them continue to, to develop. That raises a question. I was driving home last night. I was hearing this on uh, Fox Sports, and they were like, you know, if you'd have a draft going into this series of the players that you would take, LeBron would go number one, and then literally you have to get dropped down to probably five or six before Kevin Love would be selected. Yeah. you take that many Celtic players ahead of what Cavaliers have. You certainly take Tatum and Brown, and you and you certainly take Horford. I mean, Horford's defense has been phenomenal. And then, I mean, I don't know if you go Rozier or, or, or Morris there before you get to Kevin Love, but yeah, that that's exactly right. I mean, LeBron doesn't. We've we've talked about it all playoffs. His help is just not there, and so he's having to be Superman. And listen, I mean, 
you talk about the numbers that he had, that 40-point triple-double, that still wasn't enough. No. The fourth quarter, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, I'm going, okay, this game's over. How does that happen when LeBron has that type of game? And by the way, he missed time for, for that injury, and he still put up those numbers. It's, it's really ridiculous. And at this point, he would be a fool to stay in Cleveland. Hmm. Quint rolls out of bed and just starts texting. It's 619 this morning. Uh, LeBron will have to turn water into wine to avoid a sweep. I think he means uh, yeah, water into wine to avoid the sweep. It's not just that they're losing, but they're getting outworked and out-hustle. No close losses are blowout. Those, these have been these losses have been blowouts. Yeah, um, and it's like uh, Van Gundy said on the broadcast. If you looked at, if you just studied the, the what what the Cavs were doing late in that game, he said the Cavs have more eye rolls than a couple in a bad marriage, which I thought was <laughs> oh, was good. was good. And then. You know, I think it was Mark Jackson that later hit on that point. He says, like you said, Coach, look at these players and the way they're acting. I mean, their their body language is awful, and so that they're not a team. The Celtics are a real team. And then, of course, Quinn also points out: consider that these same Celtics will be role players next year. Celtics versus Seventy Sixers will be a rivalry for the next decade. It does uh, bring up the question, of course, of uh, the days of LeBron in Cleveland. He gone. Number. He gone. It's not exactly the storybook ending. No, it's not. But again, I keep thinking about next year with the Celtics when they get the when they get Hayward and and uh, Kyrie back. Come on, I want to see that Celtics team challenge the Warriors. For whatever it's worth, with uh, Cleveland now two to nothing, got the hole. They've dug themselves the hole versus Boston. They are still a uh, five point favorite early odds, up to six in several books for uh, Game Three versus Boston at home. Hmm. Tonight, Houston, Golden State, uh, Rockets favored by two. Rockets certainly have their backs against the wall after dropping game one at home. Yeah, that surprises me that they're favored. You know, I mean, you, you want to double down yeah. today? <clears throat> Give me the Warriors, brother. Yeah. Give me the Warriors. I'll take those two points gladly. And at 8 also last night in the NBA, I'm sure you were not watching. We weren't either as they held the uh, draft, the lottery. This is another one of those made-for-TV things that fails. ESPN expanded this thing to an hour, yeah, and they tried to do it like the selection show, and uh, the results started coming in from the lottery 44 minutes into the show. <laughs> so I don't watch this show. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm always kind of intrigued by it, but I'm never like, yeah, I'm going to sit down and actually watch this. I'll just look at the results on Twitter later. Um, but, but like you said, there's, there's an opportunity to make this exciting, and they don't. Why don't you show them actually getting the, the ping pong balls? You know, do it. Do something like that. Where and, and the logistics. People talk about the logistics of it. Oh, it would take forever. Well, you've got an hour show anyway. So why not do it? If you've got an hour show, I mean, go ahead and do that because you have to clear out all the teams' balls that are in there who are selected and whatnot. But anyway, I just think, like you said, it's a prime opportunity to make some compelling television. And yet they spent 44 minutes talking and then just unveiled it. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Other headlines on this Wednesday morning. Certainly need to start with uh, or continue with some uh, college baseball midweek regular season games. Yep, they have now come to an end. 
couple games last night. Uh, we'll start with uh, LSU versus Northwestern. We talked about the fact, of course, the Demons would be out for blood, the fact that they have an opportunity to knock off LSU and perhaps uh, uh, certainly hurt their at-large bids for the NCAA tournament, but ultimately the Tigers take care of business. Yeah, Matthew Beck was really good to start the game. Um, Cabrera stayed hot. He had another home run. The coolest moment, though, came when Bo Jordan was um, – was substituted for, for Bryce Jordan. <clears throat> and those two brothers got to share a hug, and the crowd stood up and, and gave Bo Jordan a standing ovation as he exited the game. Yeah, that was really cool. Thought that was really cool. Um, the bad news was you also got the news that Nick Storrs is done. Yeah. Done for the year. He's, he's battled shoulder so soreness all season long. Uh, he's He had, what, two or three innings pitched this season. Um, so that's unfortunate. This was the guy that came in. The, the most uh, highly, um, you know, regarded guy added to this pitching staff, and yet you're going to move on this postseason without him, which I think has a big impact on that bullpen. Uh, ULM versus McNeese last night. The Warhawks get off to a rough start. They actually dig themselves a 6-2 to two hole, but they battle back, and they win 10-7. to seven. So while the offense comes to life, an offense that certainly struggled last week versus a very good uh, Troy pitching staff. Only five runs in that series, but they uh, had ten runs last night versus the Cowboys. Uh, reading uh, the game notes from uh, McNeese's website, uh, several things, a lot of it, of course, centered towards the, the Cowboys. Uh, Joe Provazzano, in his last at-bat there at McNeese, uh, had a hit, so he becomes the all-time career hits leader. Can you repeat his last name for me? Uh, Prov Provisano, like I said. <laughs> Provolone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice win for uh, ULM. Now they look forward to that matchup with the Cajuns this week. Still need to do a little research. Uh, ULLL has certainly owned ULM through the years. Big week, of course. They win two games. They're in the Sunbelt Conference mm -hmm. Tournament. A lot of other things come into play, but they certainly probably need to pick up at least one game to make it to the Sunbelt Conference postseason tournament. Something is certainly a goal for this team as uh, baby steps to bringing this program back. Grambling jumping into SWAC postseason play today. They'll play uh, Mississippi Valley State. That one is slated to go at noon. That is a uh, the number two seed from the West squaring off against the number three seed from the East. And the Astros had an exciting win yesterday. They defeated uh, the Angels 5-3. to three. Uh, Jose Altuve had a bases-clearing double in the eighth. They were down 3-1. to one. His bases-clearing double gave them the lead that they did not relinquish. Uh, we got more headlines coming up in the next segment. It's all part of the starting lineup. Brought to you by Louisiana Pension. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. We always look forward to hearing from uh, Dr. Jeff Counts. He will join us at 7.30. If you have a question or a comment for the doctor, please hit us up at 888-993-7762. Look forward to hearing from uh, Michael Federico for his weekly visit. ULM's head coach will join us at 8 o'clock. We've got other things uh, planned for later in the show. We continue to look for ideas for Top 10 Thursday. Mm. 888 Let you us know. You actually had a couple good ones. I had a couple good ones. Uh, we, we've had some suggestions earlier this week, you know, best high school teams in the area this year. Um, so you're including all sports. I think that's an interesting one to tackle. I thought of one yesterday, uh, top ten breaking stories. And I was thinking about our lifetime. That might be a little bit tough 
especially for you. You've got a few more years. Oh man! <laughs> but I thought it would be tougher for you because uh, a shorter. Yeah. Oh, dude, I get and probably you haven't been a and sports fan for literally probably six years. So you oh, I just became a sports fan. You only have about six years That's to choose it. from. Okay, yeah, six six years. Um, no, but that would be tough because there's a lot that's happened. And you, you can be forgetful. So I, then I thought about why not do top ten best over the past year. And the reason for I thought about that was because of the Robinson Cano news, which we did not talk about. Uh, his 80-game suspension for PED usage. Um, and also the, the gambling news that broke earlier this week, which we pretty much talked about the whole show yesterday. Coming up in the next segment, got a number of things I want to tackle. I want to certainly get into the LSU quarterback situation and a tweet that was sent out uh, yesterday. <laughs> I want to get into a, a crazy wife, a golfer who has a crazy wife. Yes. Uh, Saban uh, standing up for his program. Yes, love it. Love Saban News. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Sam Bradford, already missing time. Josh Rosen, all upset that, of course, he went, what, 10 overall, goes to Arizona, all bent out of shape, and he's already on the field. I'm literally shaking my head. <laughs> Already. 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash Text Line. Call Stuart today to see how the power of choice can help you save money on home and auto insurance. We're back after this. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklings. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. I'm Ronnie Ward. For 26 years, Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston has been a firm supporter in the North Louisiana community. These days, it's about family, yours and mine. That's why we strive to give you the best offer on a vehicle that will fit your family perfectly. Make your summer adventures in a new 2018 Toyota Tundra Crewmax four-wheel drive today and make memories that last a lifetime. Was 39.9, sell price 38.160. Bottom line, you'll never know you got your best deal unless you shop Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Promotions presents FFC2. VIP seats are still available, but get them soon. The January event sold out early. Javier Obergon versus Jesse Butler. Josh Lee versus Josh Davila. Romalise Thomason versus Dan Street. And much, much more. FFC2. Sponsored by Rock 106, First National Bank, Rockland Birchland, Sports Talk 97. Furniture and Petty Direct, West Williams Construction, and M&D Entertainment. FFC2, Saturday, May 19th at the West Monroe Convention Center. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. 
What All you- right. Before we get to your golf story, I want to first read this statistic on Celtics and Cavs. All right. All right. Celtics starting backcourt had 41 points last night. They were 16 of 34. The Cavs backcourt, you want to give a guess of how many points they had? They had three points. They were one for 11. Mm. So 41 points against three points. That is atrocious. All right. So I know you've been fired up about this. Well, I want to get into a couple, a couple of local things first. I made my way over to Ruston yesterday. And, and so many times when we go to these signing things, uh, you're happy for the kids and they get an opportunity to go from the JUCO ranks. But I would say, and I'd hate to crunch the numbers, this would be a great research, how many times it actually works out for athletes that go the junior college routes. Because quite frankly, a lot of these schools and some, most of these players we don't hear about again. And a lot of these schools, you look up and you're like, where in the heck is this at? But on the flip side, you're like, well, at least they're getting that opportunity. And, of course, perhaps it'll blossom or develop into something. So yesterday I go out to Ruston and, of course, uh, had a great interview with Isaiah Bugs. He went the Juco route. And obviously, we know how that's worked out for him pretty nicely. He was the number one Juco player in the country, went to Alabama. And now he has a national championship ring to show for it. Uh, we have an interview with Isaiah. We're working on bringing that to you here either today or tomorrow. But uh, really good stuff from Bugs. But uh, you have to feel very, very happy for him. And also, uh, he's wearing both of his national championship rings, Jake. Both. He'd only been there one year. So Alabama gives him a ring, and the NCAA also gives him a ring. Hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. So Isaiah is a great success story. But there was two others. Uh, Tykeem Anderson, uh, he went off to the Juco ranks. He went to uh, Howard College. Uh, he had a great two years there, really blossomed. He is now heading to McNeese, so he'll be playing Division One basketball. And then Amari McCray, he walks into the room, and you're like, who is this kid? <laughs> uh, he had some issues when he was at Ruston, really uh, injuries, plagued his uh, two, at least two of his three years in the varsity ranks, had two knee injuries. He is now six foot ten. 285 pounds he said uh, weight was an issue for him at one point was well over you know 330 pounds he's lost the weight and of course he's developed into a pretty good player he went to trinidad state averaged 12 and a half points nearly five rebounds per game last year uh, was the defensive player of the year in that conference got a lot of different looks but ultimately he's going to head out to pacific to play college basketball and of course uh, get to square off against gonzaga in that conference well, uh, 6'10", 280 should get you a look or two, right? Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was pretty cool, though, because uh, these are some guys that, of course, went the junior college route and has paid off for them. Success and I course. love the fact that uh, Rustin held this uh, little ceremony and they had a lot of student-athletes in there to show, you know, they took the, the path least traveled, but it worked out for these three, mm-hmm. and it worked out in a big way. Yeah, that's, that is good. Uh, other headlines I certainly wanted to mention – uh, the fact that what do you make of a uh, Saban? He's asked about Central Florida, <laughs> and the fact that Central Florida continues to celebrate their national championship. I love this so much. It reminds me of when LSU and USC split the title for the AP, and uh, L- and and Saban would would throw some barbs at USC whenever he could. You know, I, I remember whenever they had the, uh, the 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 trophy celebration with the crystal ball. <clears throat> and he, he would say stuff like, well, I wonder if they've got a crystal ball over there in California. You know, just stuff like that. Well, here he is again. UCF tried to claim this national championship as their own. And uh, Saban 
with another great quote. Uh, he tells USA Today in a story that was published uh, yesterday, I guess anybody can claim anything, but self-proclaimed is not the same as actually earning it. And there's probably a significant number of people who don't respect people who make self-proclaimed sort of accolades for themselves. Love it. <laughs> I love it. That's a bomb right there. And that's that's you know, that's what I love about Saban. He t- he tells it like it is. You know, he some people might try to go political there, not Saban. He's going to go at, after him. He did give him a little bit of credit, though. We've only had one undefeated team, and that is really hard to do. So I have tremendous amount of respect for their teams and what they were able to accomplish, and they can make every claim that they should have been in the playoff. I get that, but we have a system, and it's not fair to the people who went through the system and earned their way playing really, really good teams. I mean really, really good teams and really (laughs) tough teams. It's not quite fair for them for someone just to decide that they have won a national championship. They did beat that Auburn team that Saban and his crew lost to, though. Just saying. He's trying to make the point about them playing really, really good teams in the semifinals. Uh That was a good point on your part. Uh, Michigan Athletic Director also came out and says that he wants Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach at Michigan until he retires. It would probably help his cause if Jim Harbaugh could figure out a way to beat Ohio State, correct? It would help, yes. 28-11 and now as Michigan's head coach. Um, and I think they're going to make that jump this year. Uh, a lot of people were down on Harbaugh and, and Michigan last year, but they played a lot of young players. And now with Patterson being el- you know eligible, I think that's going to do wonders for their offense because I thought that's what they were missing the most was a quarterback. So I think they're going to be in the conversation this year. So I don't think you're going to have as much talk about, oh, Harbaugh's the worst and the most overrated, blah, 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 blah. I think they'll be back in the national title conversation sticking with college football uh what's the situation with ohio state transfer joe burrow has he made up his mind yet or has he just added another school to his list so he yeah that's what exactly what he did he added another school to his list with unc he's taking a visit there um there's another ohio state player that actually transferred to to north carolina and so that could be part of it that might be why he's you know taking this visit to north carolina I look at this as not being good news for LSU. I don't think it's good news at all. The fact that he spends a couple days in Baton Rouge, and then you think they would be able to get him signed, sealed, and delivered, and this would have been a done deal. He's supposed to announce later this week. He wanted to take that visit to North Carolina first, um, but it's down to to North Carolina, LSU, and Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's still in play because of proximity to home and because they promised he would play immediately which is something LSU can't really promise. I mean, they'll say you're in the competition, and, of course, if he's good enough, he'll play. But uh, So those two things are working in Cincinnati's favor. That said. So all this is playing out, and, of course, a huge decision to, to be made by this Ohio State transfer. So this is probably a, a good time for your new offensive coordinator to tweet out. Well, hang on. I have one more thing. We're, we're so obsessed with Burrow and his decision that we're now stalking him on Instagram and we're looking at his latest follows on Instagram. His last four follows were LSU receivers. So take that. I don't know what that means, but people are now writing about that. All right, so, Ben, this is great. This ties in nice. Serious question. Why would a quarterback want to go to LSU with their recent history? They've shown no ability to develop guys. So yesterday, along those lines, Ensminger tweets out a picture. Uh-huh. So he, he tweets out, competition breeds excellence. Come compete to be the best right here at LSU. And in the picture it says, 
LSU is the only SEC school to have seven quarterbacks drafted in the last 20 years. So in this picture. How many pro bowlers are on those seven? All right, hold on. Let's go through each one. Josh Booty <laughs> never played an NFL down. Rohan Davey had 19 career attempts. Matt Malk had 27 career attempts. He's now a dentist, I believe. Yes. Uh, Marcus Russell. Arguably the biggest, biggest quarterback of all time. Uh, Matt Flynn never started a game for Seattle. He made a lot of money. Though. He made a lot of money. He, he was he was the blueprint for, for backup quarterback. Uh, he had 17 career TDs. Zach Mettenberger, a guy I like, mm. was 0 for 10 as a starter. And now you add to that Danny Yetlin. So, originally, you look at it, and it's a nice-looking picture. And, and, you know, it's a little splashy. But I guess if the kid would do a little research and do a little bit of history of the NFL, probably it wouldn't uh, convince you that that was a good idea, right? It just – no. It just wasn't smart. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was it, been made fun of so much on Twitter. I, I, he had to immediately regret tweeting that out. It is a strange it's timing. A, Awkward. I will say it's a good stat. I just wouldn't have put the graphic with it. No pictures? No pictures. Just say, <laughs> you know, LSU is the only school that has had seven quarterbacks drafted since 2000. <laughs> or last 20 years, whatever it is. But come on. That's bad. Don't don't uh, put your foot in the mouth with the, with the picture of those quarterbacks. Uh, we'll see how this plays out. 888-993-7762. Our doctor segment coming up next with Dr. Jeff Counts. If you have a question or a comment. Please weigh in, 888-993-7762. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. I'm Ronnie Ward. For 26 years, Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston has been a firm supporter in the North Louisiana community. These days, it's about family, yours and mine. That's why we strive to give you the best offer on a vehicle that will fit your family perfectly. Make your summer adventures in a new 2018 Toyota Tundra Crew Max 4-wheel drive today and make memories that last a lifetime. Was 39.9, sale price 38.160. Bottom line, you'll never know you got your best deal unless you shop Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. 
It's time for the Morning Drive's weekly visit with the sports medicine doctors at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. Time to get a little smarter. Dr. Jeff Counts joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Dr. Counts, how you doing this morning, bud? I'm really good, guys. How are y'all doing today? Good. First of all, uh, congratulations. I understand uh, your daughter named a Golden Girl. You've got a lot of ties to schools now. What, uh, one uh, family member at Alabama or was at Alabama, one now at LSU, and, of course, uh, your ties to ULM. That's right. And, in fact, our, our oldest daughter is going back to Alabama for a graduate program, so we'll have one at both schools. And, and yeah, we're really proud of Caroline. She uh, worked hard, and um, that was a difficult process to, to make Golden Girls, and, and she's really excited about that. What is that uh, talk like that week for those two siblings when LSU and Alabama square off? Well, <laughs> my my uh, oldest posted something uh, because it was my it was Caroline's 18th birthday yesterday. So my oldest posted something on on Facebook uh, that basically said, you know, I'm your sister and I'm going to love you for 51 weeks out of the year. <laughs> nice. October 3rd, I think, is the matchup uh, this year down in Baton Rouge. I'm sure that'll be a, a nice uh, reunion of all the accounts uh, down there to watch that game. All right, a That's number right. of uh, medical questions here. You know, I'm always looking for an excuse for my golf game. We always talk about the tennis elbow, but I never hear about the golfer's elbow. Uh, is, is it not as common as the tennis elbow or perhaps doesn't get the respect of the tennis elbow? You know, it's it's really not as common. Um, you know, it's a it's a very similar condition as tennis elbow. Tennis elbow is a basically an inflammation of the tendons where they attach onto the elbow um, that help turn your hand or or pull your wrist back, um, and also help turn your hand palm up. Um, with a golfer's elbow, it's it's on the opposite side of the elbow, and again, it's a it's an in, inflammatory condition affecting those tendons that attach to the to the bony prominence of the elbow um, and it helps turn your palm down or flex your wrist and uh, again it's just not as common um, an injury that we see um, but it's still pretty much treated the same way with with anti-inflammatories and and treatment and ice and and injection into the into the area if needed with steroids to get rid of it but but yeah it's it's a very similar condition just on the opposite side of the elbow uh the news coming out of yesterday from uh pulmonary that lsu pitcher nick stores done for the season with a sore arm this is always tough when uh, they have to try to decide what it's in the best interest of the player just to shut it down how difficult of a conversation is that and then when do you determine whether or not you can fight through a sore arm or if it's just best to get rest well, you know, that's, that is always a difficult decision to make, um, both from a coach's and player standpoint, but also from the, from the medical staff standpoint, um, because a lot of it does depend on just wh- where the soreness is. You know, is it elbow soreness? Is it shoulder soreness? Or is it just, just a, a tired arm, a, a muscle, uh, an arm that's fatigued to the point where um, the risk for further injury is just too great? And, and that may be the case, you know, with, with this guy is, is that, you know, we're near the end of the season and, you know, he, he's, he's pitched a lot of innings and, you know, the risk for further injury is just too great for him to, to, to try and fight through this soreness. So a lot of factors play into it. And, 
you know, a lot of hard discussions have to be had with, with both the coach and the player um, about what's best for him in the long run. There's been a lot of discussion, especially on the high school and junior uh, junior high school ranks, about athletes uh, specializing in just uh, one sport. did see this study recently by uh, the National Federation of State High School Association. It says athletes who specialize in one sport is, are 70% more likely to suffer an injury. Does that come as a surprise to you, someone that works with a number of high school and junior high athletes? No, you know, it really doesn't. Um, it, it's not a surprise at all to me, and, and I think the most guys who've dealt with, with sports medicine for, for the last, you know, 15 to 20 years, um, you know, the, the, the prevalence of, of travel teams and, and um, all of these um, um, workout facilities that, that specialize in one specific sport, you know, have, have gotten kids and parents, for that matter, focused on, you know, trying to make their child the best at one sport that they can be. You know, when when it's been shown time and time again that, that at a younger age, even into high school, being a multi-sport athlete makes them um, better uh, overall as far as an athlete's concerned because, you know, each sport requires you know, different skills, and those different skills um, re- require, you know, different body parts to be stressed or tested, so you're not constantly uh, aggravating or stressing or, or focusing the, the, the issues on one particular body part or one particular motion or activity, and that repetitive over and over and over uh, kind of um, activity is what leads to these kind of breakdown injuries that we're seeing in kids at a younger and younger age. You know, so, you know, guys like Jimmy Andrews and, and, and other big-name sports medicine uh, physicians have been, you know, preaching, you know, multi-sport athletes, you know, for years now. And, and, you know, this study basically just kind of reinforces that. Well, it puts parents in a tough spot. They think they're doing what's best for, the, for their athlete in terms of putting all their efforts in one basket and, of course, specializing in one sport, where ultimately, of course, it may be putting them at, at more risk. That's right. That's right. At a, at, you know, at, at a younger age, um, it's just better for the athlete, you know, to get a, a well-rounded, you know, kind of experience when it comes to physical activities and not just focus on on one particular you know like like i said one particular activity or motion or or repetitive stress type thing um and then you know obviously as as the kids develop and they get into high school you know closer to college then if you know if it looks like they're going to be a potential you know baseball scholarship you know winner then you know that'd be the time then to start doing more focusing on that. But at, at the younger ages, uh, you know, I, again, I, I, I try to stress to my patients and to the parents that I talk with, you know, you know, give the baseball a break for a few months and let them go, um, you know, run track or, or play football or play basketball or something. But get them away from you know, that particular sport for a few months and, and, and let them do something different. More is not always better. 
Uh, if listeners out there need to take their uh, young stars and they, to you or your colleagues, where can they find you, Dr. Count? Well, obviously, uh, our main number, 323-8451, will get you to any of the three locations we have, Monroe, West Monroe, and Ruston. Um, you can always find us online as well. Um, we have a new uh, uh, website up and running that's uh, a lot more user-friendly and um, a lot more information on it. So, um, And then, of course, our after-hour clinics, um, Monday through Thursday from uh Anytime after work until 8 p.m. and then on Saturdays 8 to 11 in the morning. So, once again, congratulations and a great honor for your uh, daughter. I just hope that doesn't take you away from uh, more ULM games to be down in Baton Rouge. Well, I'll still be at I'll be at as many ULM games as possible. Obviously, we're going to try and be at the home LSU games with her for mm-hmm. sure. But, but, uh, but they've got a lot of away games too, so that'll free me up to be at some ULM games for sure. Fantastic. Thanks, bud. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks. Uh-huh. Dr. Jeff Counts. Uh, that was big news, of course, with the stores shutting him down basically for the year. Sorry, Jake. He always turned me down. Yeah. And then you were typing over there. It was a little live. Sorry. I was trying to <laughs> you know, respond to the people out there. Uh, no, you're exactly right. It's, it's absolutely huge news. It was one of the you – know, him coming out uh, as recently as last week or two weeks ago and putting forth the effort that he did – gave me confidence about LSU's postseason chances because they needed that rock in the bullpen. I thought he could become that. And then this news, that's why this news is so devastating. I mean, now you have to just, it's the next guy up. And and it goes back to him being uh, the most, um, I, I guess, highly anticipated addition to that pitching staff heading into the year. And you really only got a couple of innings from him. All right, let's go there because there was something that came up and it raised my eyebrow a time or two with what Luke Johnson tweeted out. He does work down there for the Advocate uh, talking about LSU baseball for next year. And basically that's what it's come down to almost. Everybody's saying, oh, what about next year now? You look, whoa, 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 you look whoa. at the seniors that they lose and then, of course, uh, juniors, maybe Duplantis uh, leaves early. And then uh, sophomores, guys that will be draft eligible, uh-huh. Hess, Watson, Slaughter, uh, he says he wouldn't be surprised if all three are gone and, of course, uh, head to the professional ranks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be a major blow. Here's the, my take on this. I think LSU is going to be in a better situation next year because it's going to kind of reverse its current situation. This year you had you had to put together a pitching staff, and it really – you know, you had some bright spots throughout the year. I mean – Mikel Hilliard, even though he had that bad outing Saturday, I would still consider him a great, you know, uh, spot on the season. But if you look at it, I would rather have a more stable pitching staff and then have to replace a lineup because this lineup was good, but it's not, you know, spectacular. It's not the best lineup we've ever seen from this team. So I, I think LSU is still going to be in a better situation because you're going to have Eric Walker back. Don't forget about okay. him. He was a stud as a freshman. Mikel Hilliard. You know, and uh, AJ Labus, if he continues to develop, that's really that's a really good starting pitching rotation. And hopefully, Stores can, can get back to healthy and he can contribute as well. And um, you know, just other guys you can add to that bullpen. We mentioned uh, Insminger's uh, tweet, and then of course the picture with the seven quarterbacks that have played in the NFL over the course of the last twenty years. It always seems like Jarrett Lee gets the, the shaft, whether uh, the playing time or perhaps with respect. And somebody asked. Wasn't Jerry Lee drafted by San Diego? And you looked it up, and he wasn't. 
No, he, he was undrafted. Yeah. He gets left out of the picture. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was about drafted quarterbacks from LSU. 888-993-7762, the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this, top of the hour, we look forward to catching up with ULM head coach Michael Federico for his weekly visit. The Warhawks coming off a big victory last night versus Maurice. Now they look forward to a big series with the Cajuns this week. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. I'm Ronnie Ward. For 26 years, Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston has been a firm supporter in the North Louisiana community. These days, it's about family, yours and mine. That's why we strive to give you the best offer on a vehicle that will fit your family perfectly. Make your summer adventures in a new 2018 Toyota Tundra Crew Max four-wheel drive today and make memories that last a lifetime. Was $39.9. Sell price $38,160. Bottom line, you'll never know you got your best deal unless you shop Ronnie Ward Toyota Bruston. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Keep the text coming on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Calvin says he has a suggestion for our top 10 Thursday. He says top 10 NBA playoff game winning shots could maybe um, do a top 10 finals game winning shots since the finals are approaching. And And quite frankly, uh, we're going to have to have something to sell for the finals. If you're getting Celtics Warriors, man. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, this is, listen. This, and listen, tonight, if Golden State takes care of Houston, I mean, we'd be looking at literally a four or five game series then, perhaps even a sweep, correct? Yes. Considering the success that the Warriors Absolutely. have had at home, what have they won now? 15 straight. Can't stress uh-huh. enough how, how how big this game is for the Rockets tonight. So, I mean, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but we could be looking at, of course, then Celtics versus Golden State in a series. And what would most project that to go with? Four or five? That's the thing. Yeah, I'll still say yeah, just because the Warriors have so much offensive firepower. But I still am intrigued to see what Brad Stevens chooses to do and how to defend them. They don't have enough men, but I still want to see the strategy. I'm still intrigued 
although we, we still know the result of that. That said, can you imagine if you had Kyrie and Hayward? Well, hopefully next year. Oh, give, give it to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, Russell says, how about top ten grimace faces LeBron makes toward the ref during a game? That'd be like uh, Bobby Knight when he did his game faces. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was, I love that clip of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, classic. But yes, I, I – go ahead. What was the question that the reporter asked him? Uh, do you guys have your game face on today? And then Bobby Knight just went mm-hmm. off saying, well, what What's exactly a is face? a game face? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then he just started making some ridiculous faces. Yeah. Uh, Randy says, real playoff sport equals NHL hockey. Mm-hmm. Aaron knows a lot about NHL hockey. You can feel free to ask him questions about NHL. Uh, Jason says, how many titles does Alabama claim yeah. in response to Saban uh, going after UCF? What are they claiming now, 17, I believe? I can't keep track. Yeah. I thought it was over 17. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, we do have some news from the LHSA, and not exactly positive news. There's been a lot of fallout from the state championships, baseball championships from this past weekend. Of the 12 games that were played, title games, two of them, major controversy involving – Pitch counts. Real quick, Andrew says top ten morning drive moments. Uh, that wouldn't take too long. We'd have one or two. What do you think would be number one? I don't know. I, 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 you always try to go this way with the, the petty thing. It's I petty. I, 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 well, listen to Taylor. <laughs> I really enjoyed the week of, you know, is you know Don Shaw's passed away, and you know we tried to do our best to try to. Don Shaw's moments, what he meant to West Monroe, what he meant to Northeast Louisiana football. And one show we literally had on every quarterback that he had from 1998 mm-hmm. on. And we actually had them all on the show lined up back to back to that's back cool. to back. I'm pretty proud of that moment. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was years Would ago. Would we have a moment that made the list? Uh, not yet. I'm trying to push you for it. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, when I'll, you come back and you say it's Maximus Martin, that could be the moment right there. Aaron, I'll vouch for you on the West Monroe show. That that was you put t- that together pretty well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, keep keep uh, squeezing that cold. The diamond will come out. So let me ask you this, Taylor. So Petty, of course, he sat in and filled in a number of times, and of course, I asked the question to Nick. Earlier this week, it did not go over well, and it has not gone over well with ULM fans. And I, I continue to ask it because literally tomorrow would be basically the one-year anniversary of when Petty came on. And, of course, uh, some would call it an eruption. I would just say it's, it was something that had been boiling for quite some time. Would it be worth bringing him back on the show tomorrow? Uh, I'd wait till the summertime. Okay. Well, let the season finish up and you know, talk. That's, mate, that's the thing. Know. I didn't want it to be disrespectful to what Coach Federico has done for this right. past year and, of course, the current players. But also, I also know the entertainment value of Coach Petty. And there's a lot of different other things that we could discuss besides what happened. Uh, like you the know, All-Star break or something. Grave. Yeah. You know, get him like the All-Star break and just talk shop in general. Okay. I'd, I'd, I'd kind of – I'd at least wait till the end of the season. Tabor, the voice of reason. Yeah, and that's a good idea, too, because we're always looking for stuff for the summer. Yeah. That'd be something to look forward to. All right. All right uh, so we had some LHSA news. <laughs> what happened was, in case you weren't able to join us earlier this week, Claiborne Christian and Grace Christian had a little bit of controversy in the at the end of the sixth inning. Um, Grace Christian said that 
Claiborne Christian's pitcher, Austin Acree, had 117 pitches. Now, you can only throw 125 pitches in the game, and then you have to be pulled. So they were saying, hey, he's only got eight pitches left. Claiborne Christian had a different number, uh, which I don't think was ever really revealed. Um, and the LHSA had 104 pitches. So because all three had different numbers, the LHSA uh, went with their guy, which mm -hmm. is what they're supposed to do. That's yeah. what the rule says. So their guy's supposed to overrule. Which is great that they actually have a, a person up there supposed to be keeping track of the pitch count, correct? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it should be great, right? That'd be a tough job, right? It would be. So No, it would not. All you got to do is keep track of how many pitches are thrown. Well, if you screw up twice, you would th you'd think it had to be tough, right? I'm being sarcastic okay. when I say that. Um, so, yeah, literally all you have to do is count pitches. So, Claiborne Christian – I'm sorry, Grace Christian appeals it. They, they, they appeal the decision, and they make the LHSA look at it. And so what they do is they go through the game, count up all the pitches. There is videotape evidence of every game, I guess, being broadcast at some point on the NFHS site. Yes. So uh, they said that, you know, Acre entered the seventh inning with a total of 117 pitches. And he exceeded his pitch count by one pitch on the ground out. Um and so, but they said that, that wasn't enough to overturn anything. I mean, Cleveland Christian's championship still still good. It, it's just the fact that the LHSA came out and said, hey, we made a mistake. We didn't count the pitches right. And they've had to do this twice. Yeah. Two championship games. Two championship games. And I don't understand how this happens. They haven't said it's whether it's the same person that worked both games. I, well, <laughs> what are they doing? Texting during the game? I mean, uh, or would they go out and have a hot dog? <laughs> I don't understand this and how you can be off by that much and give Claiborne Christian credit. They continue to go up to the press box yeah. or, or whoever and say, hey, do y'all have these many pitches? Do y'all have these many pitches? Trying to make sure they were on the same. Grace Christian never went up to the to the press box or approached the LHSA about it until the sixth inning. And then, you know, it's it's too late. Mm. So for any any baseball people out there, always check with the LHSA. <laughs> between innings on pitches and make sure everybody's got the well, same Well, you also thing. want to make sure they're actually up there in the press box, too. That'd probably be a good thing. <laughs> that, that would probably be good, too, yeah. Is he in the bathroom right now? <laughs> uh, Is he still counting pitches? Seriously, though, like, I, he was probably texting. You got one job to and do. And I say he. I don't know if it's yeah. he, he or she. Yeah, one job to do. Yeah, yeah one job. <laughs> Richie says, Grace Christian, salty or nah? Yeah, they're salty. Can you uh, do you have the, the LHSA ruling and what their uh, official comment was that they sent out to media members across the state? While we regret this happened, we do believe that it was an honest human error. All parties have been extremely cooperative throughout this review process. Moving forward, the LHSA hopes to ensure that this does not happen again by designating two representatives from each team to count pitches in a <laughs> neutral area announce the pitch count after each inning has concluded during all state tournament games and possibly displaying the pitch count on the scoreboard through the duration of the pitcher's mound appearance. They photocopied that and also sent that to St. Thomas Aquinas and Notre Dame that had the same issue. Basically. <laughs> the scoreboard keeper's got to be like, come on, gonna give me another job? I got a better idea. Just have Eddie Bonine just have a little roped-out area, and that would be his job for the week. Yeah. Count pitches. Yeah, he would be good at that. Yeah. Uh, other headlines, uh, how about uh, we, we talked about Josh Rosen and, of course, having uh, 
he was a little upset going, what, 10th overall, said, uh, you know, there was nine mistakes made ahead of him. And then when you break down the draft and opportunities for rookie quarterbacks, we looked at Arizona and said, why is he so upset? He probably is, fell into a great situation, correct, mm-hmm. with uh, Sam Bradford? You would think. The China doll. And then, of course, uh, Mike Glennon. And and then you go to they have a little OTA uh, situation, and uh, the Cardinals give Sam Bradford the day off. <laughs> and Glennon comes down sick. So guess who's running with the, basically the first Josh, team on day one? The Rosen one, <laughs> of course. Yeah, he hit the lottery, man. And he gets to have a chip on his shoulder because he was the last of the four, the big four selected. Yeah, it, we we knew he was going into a great situation. I hate to pick, but how many days off has Sam Bradford had in his career? You know what, Aaron? I hope he plays all 16. So do I. So do I. I hope he is phenomenal. Because when he plays, or at least last year, when he played against the Saints, he was pretty incredible. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that one game. Uh, baseball update date, you didn't really give the Astros the credit that they deserved. Uh, they won 5-3. Uh, to three. Bregman won for 3 they are now one game up. They are 27-17 and 17 as they take care of the Angels. They win. Uh, that is their sixth win in their last eight games. There is your Houston Astros update. They are our team or the listeners' team that we cover on a daily basis. And Coach Olin just texted me. He said it should be two LHSA guys, not two from each school. I agree with that because that's asking for more controversy. A uh, great story in uh, Major League Baseball uh, last night. Steven Biscotti coming back. Of course, his mother passed away of ALS. His first game back with the team, and he hits a home run. Yeah, great, great, a great story gets even better. Uh, uh, that had to be an awesome moment for him. Uh, Randy weighs in with a text. Says, best days are ahead of us with UL in baseball. Yes for sure. And on that uh, note, Michael Federico, the ULM head coach, will join us after the break. The Morning Drive is back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.